Normally during this moment I would come up and I would pray, but today is Mother's Day, so I've asked the mother of this house if she would come up and pray. You can sit down. Good morning, Mosaic, and happy Mother's Day. We want to recognize all of the women in this room. And some of you may think that I maybe had a, like a slip of the tongue saying all the women. But here at Mosaic, we recognize that even if you as a mom, a stepmom, a bonus mom, a grandmother, a sister, a daughter, a teacher, a mentor, you all take part in raising our, our amazing little kids. And so we want to honor you today. We hope that you feel special and honored today um, through, here at church and at home. We have a team that put together an amazing photo backdrop out in the doors. So if you'll take a moment, take a picture with your mom or your significant other, or whoever it may be, and hashtag really mosaic, we'd appreciate it if you post that online. Also, we have a special little gift for each one of you ladies, so please make sure you grab that before you leave. I'm gonna pray a blessing over you. Father, we come to you, Lord Jesus, and I just lift up every woman in this room, Lord God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would remind them that they are loved, that they are cherished, Father God, that they are valuable, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord God, that you, Lord Jesus, would just wrap your loving arms around each and every one of them. Let them know how special they are to us, Lord God. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that as they go out their day, Lord God, that today and every day they would be reminded of how much you love them and how special they are. I pray for those, Lord God, that is, if today is a difficult day, Lord God, Father, your word says that you draw near to those who are brokenhearted, Lord Jesus. So I pray that you would wrap your loving arms around those that this isn't a good day for, Lord. And I just pray that you would speak to us today through my husband. Let us be changed. And let us be out, walk out of here different. We love you and we praise you. Amen. Amen. Just to be clear, that's my wife. She's not single. <laughs> Mess around and find out. So we're continuing this series, Anonymous. We're looking at people in the Bible whose stories we know, but whose names we don't know. And today, we're going to be looking at a woman that all we know is that she's called the Widow of Zarephath. Now, uh, we, we see this story of Elijah and this widow in 1 Kings 17. And as I start telling her story, some of you are going to be like, uh, this sounds familiar. It's, it is familiar because, so there were these two different guys in the Bible. Elijah was the mentor. Elisha was the student. And so they were both prophets. Elijah is who we're talking about now. Elisha, we talked about the very first Sunday, and we also talked about him and the widow of Elisha. So they're different, but the same. Does that make sense? So in the movie Up in Smoke, Cheech and Chong, uh, there's a guy, and he, I always think about this, he goes, it's different, but the same, you know what I mean? I don't know what you mean by that, but I, 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 I wanted to slip in a Up in Smoke, Cheech and Chong quote, because uh, this week I buried a very good friend of mine, DJ Joker, Joey Chavez, rest in peace, brother, that was for you. All right, anyway. So this, so this is what we, we find. Elijah is directed by God to go to this place called the Kareth Ravine. And um, 
God basically tells him, if you go there, I'm going to take care of you. So here's what it says, 1 Kings 17. He went to the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. The ravens brought him meat, bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. So God basically tells him, uh, I'm going to send you to this place. The reason he sent him there was because the king was trying to kill him. And so God says, I'm going to hide you and protect you, and I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to take care of you supernaturally. God provides for him. This uh, brook is running, and then, then the, the birds would bring him bread and meat. And we don't know exactly how long he was there, but we know it was for a significant time. All right? And then this is what happens next. Sometime later, the brook dried up. So God had been supernaturally providing for him in this area, and now this brook, this area is finally hit by the drought, it dries up. And all of this happens so that God can get Elijah to move on and do what he wants him to do. Now sometimes in our lives, our brook dries up too. Opportunities go away, we have to switch jobs, a relationship has come to an end, or a financial stream that's been serving us has, has started to dry up, we don't know what we're gonna do, and we panic but we forget that it was God who provided that stream in the first place. Let me say that again. We panic, but we forget that it was God who provided that stream for you in the first place. God isn't sitting in heaven freaking out. Oh, he tells the Archangel Gabriel, you know, man, I don't know what we're gonna do. I didn't see that coming. She got laid off, like, I don't know what we're gonna do. Is the company's closing? You know what, get on Indeed and see if anyone's hiring. Like, he doesn't do that, all right? He's, God is in complete control. Look what Colossians, oh, this is the point. If my brook dries up, God has a plan. Some of you need to remember that. If your brook dries up, God has a plan. He's never panicked, he's never failed. There, is not, there are not ringing hands in heaven. God has a plan. Look what Colossians says. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He's the glue that holds the universe together. Now, when I'm in science class, uh, I learned that atoms are the basic building blocks of the universe, and all these little tiny atoms are held together by three things. Strong force, weak force, and electromagnetic force. Do you know the force behind that force? It's God. The Bible tells us God holds all of those things together. He tells the ozone layer, this is as far as you're going to go. He tells the ocean, this far and no further. He holds the membranes in the cells in your body. He's the one that created the membrane that keeps everything in place. If that wasn't there, you would just ooze out into a puddle on the floor. And it would be really gross, to be honest. But God is holding you together. Now, as you leave today, be careful because we have a few leaks in the roof because it's raining. By the way, if you have an extra 100 grand laying around, we need a new roof. All right, anyway. Look what Psalm says. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. In other words, before there was time, you were God. After time is over, you know time is, is a finite thing. It's gonna end at some point. God created time when he created the universe, and the, time will go away at some point. And when that happens, he is still God, he's still in control. So Elijah's brook, dries up, and God is in control. Look what God tells him. Then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. Now if this was me, I would have been happy. 
I would say, God, you know, I'm really grateful for the, the birds bringing me food, but honestly, when it gets here, it's got all their babas and saliva on it. It's kind of gross. I don't like camping. I hate sleeping outside. So how many of you guys like camping? How about camping in a tent? You don't have a house? What's the matter? I hate that. Like, I hate camping. I have a bed. It's, it's a memory foam. Like, it's, right? I'm not, a, anyway. So, so Elijah has got to be thinking, oh, okay, good. God, you're sending me to Zarephath to this widow. She's got rich. I bet she, because she, she's going to take care of me. So she probably has a big house. She probably has a Bentley and a Jag in the driveway. She's probably got a nice pool in the backyard. I, I hope she has a Traeger so that I can smoke some meat. You know what I mean? I hope she knows how to make green chili. That's what I would have been thinking. Like, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to go to Zarephath, and this lady's going to take care of me because my brook dried up. So God, you have a different plan. Look what happens. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. It's an important statement there. She's gathering sticks. A wealthy person would not have been gathering sticks. So Elijah gets there. He knows this is the widow that's supposed to take care of him. And he's disappointed. Because he's expecting this rich woman who's going who's gonna to let him move in and take care of all his needs. And instead, he finds this bony, frail old woman gathering sticks. So he's disappointed. This is Elijah's face when he sees her. Actually, this is a kid. Let me show you. There's Elijah's face, right? He sees her, he's like, even his dog is disappointed. He's disappointed. Because he goes to Zarephath and there's this widow gathering sticks. And he walks up to this woman who's supposed to provide for him. Remember that? God said, I told this lady she's going to provide for you. He walks up and remember they're in a drought. This is what he tells her. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. So Elijah's hungry, and he's thirsty. Seems kind of demanding, right? Like, hey, go get me something to drink, and please bring me some bread. Look what she tells him. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I want you to notice a word she uses so that you'll notice when you use this word, when you think in these terms, and when you view life through this lens. The word I want you to focus on is only. I only have. I'm poor and I only have. <clears throat> Poverty is a mindset. It's its own culture. And so it's, it's a way of looking at the world. It's, it's like a mentality. And once you adopt this mentality of only, you'll never have enough. Having money won't bring you out of this mentality. And no matter how much money you have, if you focus on this word only, if, if you were raised in a family that, that looked at the world this way, then you, your view of the world was formed by this psychologist called this family of origin or imprinting. And so if your family's solution to not having enough money was to just hook up to the neighbor's cable, all right, or bike out of the trunk of a car because they were 50% off. You think that in a room this size, there are not people here that bought clothes out of the trunk of the car because they were 50%? They're on sale. Where do you get them? I don't know. Don't ask, right? <laughs> Cheating the system however you can, then, then having money won't change that mindset. 
And so you could be making $100,000 a year and you're still stealing the internet from your neighbor. You're still a terrible tipper. You're still stealing things that you can afford to buy because poverty is a mindset. And so Elijah now is this prophet and he represents God on earth. And so he goes to this lady and he says, give me something. And she says, I can't. I only have this. Have you ever felt like life is asking more from you than you can give? Has anybody ever felt like that? Like, man, these kids, they're, they're draining me, or my job, my boss, or this relationship, or, or just life in general, is, it, you feel worn out, you feel like you're tapped out, I mean, you, just feel, you just feel out of it. That's how this lady feels. I'm out, I have nothing else, I, I, I can't give you anything, because I only have a little. She continues, I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die or we're going to starve to death. This is all we have left and then we're going to starve. She's gathering a few sticks. The, the King James Version says, I'm gathering two sticks. You know you're broke when you're counting your sticks. You know what I mean? And so that, that this is the curveball. God sent this lady, God sent Elijah to this lady and said she's going to take care of you. And this lady's telling him, I can't. The Amplified Classic version of the, version of the Bible says, I only have enough for one loaf. Then we're going to eat it and then we're going to die. So imagine that he's, she tells Elijah, look, I know you asked me to bring you water and a, and a tortilla. But I only got one tortilla. So at this point, I would have felt sorry for her, probably. You know what I mean? I would have said, you know what? Let's get your son. Let's go to Wendy's. I'll pay. You can order anything you want from the value menu. You know what I mean? <laughs> he listened to her, and he heard how bad her situation is. She knows she's going to die. And she knows that either she's going to watch her son die, or her son is going to watch her die. Either way, it's a dark day. She watched her neighbors die. She saw the family down the street. They buried them last week, and now it's her turn. And Elijah hears her out, and the first thing he tells her, looks at her, and he says, don't be afraid. I know it's bad. Don't be afraid. I know you're scared. Don't be afraid. And I came here to tell you, if all you have is a handful of flour and a little bit of oil, but you have Jesus, you don't have to be afraid either because that is enough. And that is enough for the God of the universe to provide. Don't be afraid. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. Then make something for yourself and your son. I love that. She's like, I'm gonna go home and die. He says, okay, go ahead and do that. But before you die, like, isn't that funny? Like, it seems cruel. It seems like he's putting a weight on top of her weight, doesn't it? Doesn't it seem cruel of him to say, hey, yeah, okay, I get that. You're going to die. I'm sorry. But before you die, will you take what you have and make me one loaf? And then bring it to me. Everybody say, bring it to me. You've probably heard that before because this is what God says in the Bible about tithing. It seems like it's an extra demand, but Elijah, now, 
This lady only, I, I, I'm not smart. I never took a single math class in college, all right? My wife's still mad at me about that. I went to Fort Lupton High School, public school, go Blue Devils. I'm not great at math. But this lady said, I have enough for one loaf of bread, didn't she? Only have enough for one. And he goes, okay, go ahead and make yourself, make that one, bring it to me, and then make something for yourself and your son. That's two. Do you think Elijah misunderstood the lady? No. You know what Elijah did? Elijah understands God. And he says, if you take what you have and you give it to God, he's going to multiply and you'll have more left over than when you started with it. It's like this lady's on Shark Tank. Have you ever seen this show, Shark Tank? And basically, you go on this show and you present your business idea to these their sharks, their business investors and CEOs, and then they decide if they want to partner with you. So it's like God is telling her, he's, he's the shark, and, and she says, I have this idea for this tortilla company, but I can only make one tortilla. God says, okay, give me 100% of everything you have, and I promise you'll have more left over than when you started. Now, I think Mark Cuban is cool. Love to partner with him somehow. Damon Johns is cool. He did FUBU, all that. But this lady has an opportunity to partner with the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the everlasting to everlasting. I know who I would choose. And you have the same opportunity. God is saying, if you'll trust me with what you have, if you'll bring me what's mine, I will take care of you because I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the everlasting to everlasting. So Elijah follows it up with his promise. He says, hey, go, you know, before you die, go and make, make me a loaf, bring it to me, and then make one for your kid. And then this is what he says, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. In other words, if you do what I'm saying, God's going to take care of you. Let me give you the Angel Flotus International Version. You ready? If you take care of God's stuff, He'll take care of your stuff. Easy to remember, right? And it's true. He says, the jug will not run dry. There'll be enough for you every day. Now, sometimes we look at other people and we say, man, it seems like God is overflowing in their life. They have more than they need, right? And, and we want that. We want that overflowing kind of thing. Because if you remember Elisha's story, that jug never stopped pouring. And she had so much that she was able to sell it. But in this case, God is saying, look, just stay close to me, give me what's mine, do what I say, and tomorrow when you wake up, there'll be enough. In this church, you're surrounded by people who would say, I don't have enough that I can brag, I can't take a cruise around the world, I can't, I can't buy some crazy expensive car, my cup isn't running over, but it's not running out either. Every time I show up and every time I go, God has provided enough for me and my family, every single time. So look what she does. This is a big decision. She went away and did as Elijah told her. She did it. She could have said, no, she had a choice. So do you, so do I. She did it. In 1988, there was a shoe company and they were doing pretty well. They were doing about $800 million a year in shoe sales. But an ad, an ad guy by the name of Dan Whiten, he came up with an idea for a slogan. 
And he had heard about a, a man who was on death row for murdering two people. They asked him, what are your last words? And his last words were, let's do it. So Dan changed that a little bit, presented it to Nike, and they adopted in 1988 the slogan, just do it. And in 10 years, their annual sales went from 800 million to over 9 billion, over 10 times. And I think it's because this slogan resonates with all of us. Every one of us have some area in our lives that we need to get moving or get going or improve or we need to start something or we need to restart something or we need to stop something. So take a minute, just a second, look at your neighbor and tell them, just do it. Go ahead. Some of you, you didn't do it. Like that wasn't that hard. Like, so just do it now. Go ahead, just, just do it. The problem is we live in a nation of procrastinators. We have great people with great vision, great ideas, but they don't do anything with it. Have you ever been around someone that talked a lot, but didn't actually ever do anything? Like they knew how to do everything. I could start a food truck right now, bro. I got the recipe. My grandma's tacos, they're bomb. Right? You, I hear people talk like that all the time. But it's just I can't right now. Because see, what happened was, what happened is, so I'm going to wait, but one day, one day, one of these days, someday, and someday turns into no day, and the hair turns gray, and time passes, and we miss our opportunity because we didn't have the guts to just do it. I don't know, man, I, I feel so strongly that they're telling me there's a pastor watching this right now and you, God has put it in your heart to start a church. And you keep putting it off and you keep putting it off and you're saying, I want to, I want to, I want to. And I, I, I believe God's given me a plan and God's even given you a city. He's even put people around you that would help you, but you're afraid. I want to encourage you. 15 years ago, I had that same fear. I want to encourage you, my brother, just do it. This lady had nothing to lose, right? She, she could have, she, sometimes we think we have something to lose. We're fooling ourselves. Because if we have an opportunity to partner with the king of the universe, he can, I mean, he can make something out of nothing. So this lady, she decides, just gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. So there was food every day for Elijah, for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. God did it because she decided to just do it. Maybe you're here and God is stirring your heart. I want you to commit your life to him. I want to encourage you. Just do it. You need to ask somebody for forgiveness. I want to encourage you. Just do it. You need to forgive somebody. Just do it. You want to spend more time with your kids? Someday, man, we're going to, as soon as, as soon as things settle down, I'm going to spend more time with my kids. Listen, it's never going to settle down. So this is the time, right? Just, just do it. One of my, so my kids, when they were growing up, it was, there were many times when I would say, they'd get up for school, and I'd say, you know what? You're going in late today. And we're going to go have breakfast. And two of them were like, right on, right? <laughs> You know what? Let's just skip the whole day, right? One of them was like, Dad, I can't, man. I got to get to school, whatever. And so I had to force it. You know what I did? I just did it. I had to find those moments where I could spend time with my kids. 
Because if we don't, they're going to grow up. They're going to be gone. I want to encourage you, just do it. Tell them you love them. Tell, call your mom today. Tell her you love her. Just do it. Maybe you're like, well, my, my mom is, is gone. or she, I, There's no way I could tell her. Maybe your mom has nothing to celebrate. I don't know what your story is. Bless somebody. Be a blessing to some mom. Just do it. I don't know how many times I've heard someone say, man, I wish I could go back and, and tell them. I wish I could go back and, and do it. I'm ready to be a good wife now. It's too late. I'm ready to be a good dad now. It's too late. Don't buy him the tricycle now. Keep those 35 years old. It's too late. We've got to grab that moment and seize it now. The biggest tragedy in life is not failure. It's that we don't try. My favorite quote is, let it be said that you won or that you lost. But don't let it be said that you failed to play the game. Play the game. Just do it. Go for it. In this room and joining us online are books that haven't been written, businesses that haven't been started, ministries that are still on the shelf, small groups that haven't been begun, songs that haven't been sung, poems that haven't been written, jobs that haven't been applied for, relationships that haven't been pursued. I want to encourage you, just do it. Ask her out already, man. What's the worst she's going to say? No. Well, then you're right back where you started, right? Alone. It's okay. There's more. There, I promise. There are uglier people than you that have found somebody, all right? So... Just do it, okay? I shouldn't end, I'm already done, but I like, I, I can't end on a joke, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, would you show us the next step? I don't, know what we're, I, I don't know what the next step for anybody in this room is, Lord, including myself. I need you to show me the next step. And if you show me, I'm gonna believe, I'm gonna have faith, and I'm just going to do it. So show us what you want us to do, God. Give us that next step. Give us a vision for something bigger than us, something so big and so crazy that we can't do it, that if we try it on our own, we are going to fall on our face and fail. But if you're in it, we're going to change the world, make it more than just about us. We trust you and we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand and sing this last song with us?
You may be seated. If you said that prayer for the first time this morning, I just want to say welcome to the family of God. We're so excited for you. If you did say, say that prayer this morning, I would encourage you to scan this QR code because we know that that's just the first step in this journey with Christ. Um, but if you scan this QR code and click on the button that says New Believer, uh, fill out that information. We have a gift that we want to send you to help you take those next steps in your walk with Christ. Um, there's also, by the way, also that QR code is on the back of all of these, uh, a lot of these chairs. So you can scan that one also. It'll take you to the same place. Uh, but if this is your first time here, we want to say welcome. We're so glad that you joined us this morning. Um, if you'd like to connect with us, we'd love for you to, we'd love to know that you were here this morning. If you take out your phone and text welcome to 970-478-8898, um, that's just your way of letting us know that you were here with us this morning. And then we're going to uh, just send you some more information about the church and, and kind of let you know when services are and things like that. Uh, but before we dismiss this morning, we just have a couple of quick announcements. Um, first of all, when you leave today, you're going to see a table out in the foyer with baby bottles. And I know that sounds a little bit weird, but if you've been here for Mother's Day before, you know that we partner with the Pregnancy Resource Center. And this is an incredible uh, center that helps women um, of all walks of life with dealing with, you know, becoming a mom, right? And so uh, we'd love to support them. And this is one of their annual drives that they do. You take the baby bottle, you fill it up with change or cash or checks or anything like that, and then you bring it back on Father's Day. And that goes to help support that center that is a completely free resource to the women in our community. Um, now, coming up on uh, May 28th, I know it's a memorial weekend, but it's, it's going to be a great time. We have a worship night. And if you've been to one of these before, you know that it's an incredible time. And now I love listening to Pastor Angel. He's my favorite communicator to listen to. But sometimes I know that I just need to worship. I just need to get into God's presence and worship. And so that's what worship night is. It's a, tent, it's a chance for us to just come and worship. And so that's May 28th at 7 p.m. here at the church. We'd love for you to join us for that. And then the last announcement that we have is Discover. So if you're, if you're new to Mosaic or you've been coming for a little while, but you haven't been through Discover, kind of what this is now... I've been at Mosaic for a long time now, but I still remember when I was new here. And it can be intimidating, it can, it can be scary, but at some point I realized I need to know what this church believes, who leads the church, um, where the kids' church is and things like that. And so that's what Discover is. It's your chance to come, get to know who we are, get to know who leads the church, get to know what we believe, and also learn how you can get involved and be a part of what we're doing. Okay, so that's June 4th at 5 p.m. here at the church. You can use that QR code on the backs of the chairs to sign up for that. Um, but as we dismiss this morning, we're going we're gonna to pray over this morning's offering. Now, this is, I love this church. We, we live to give. We live, we live to be a blessing to those around us. And so I would encourage you this morning, whatever God places on your heart this morning to give, just be faithful with that. And like Angel said, your cup might not run over, but when you partner with God, it'll never run out. So I would encourage you to just stay faithful. If you're giving this morning, you can see up on the screen, we have four ways that you can give. You can give in person. There's a black box out in the foyer. Um, you can give online. You can text any amount to 84321, or you can give on the Church Center app. Now let's pray over this morning's offering. Father, we thank you for today, God. We thank you for all that you're doing in our lives and the life of this church. Thank you for letting us be a blessing to those around us. Father, we pray over this morning's offering that you would take it, multiply it, that you use it to advance your kingdom everywhere Mosaic is active. Thank you for letting us be a part of what you're doing. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, if you're here, if you'd like some additional prayer this morning, we're going to have a team up here. They'd love to pray for you.
But with that, we love you guys. We're just, you're dismissed. Be sure to take a photo on your way out and grab your gift. <laughs>